Welcome to Inside Groove, the only motorsports show where super modifieds are king, methanol is aromatic, and the drivers carry their balls in a bag. Inside Groove is powered by IPC Indy, creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Here's your host and fellow superholic, Race Chaser Media's Tom Baker. Welcome, everybody, as Inside Groove returns after many years of being away. We are back and looking forward to a great year of coverage of Supermodified Racing with Inside Groove and joining me for this season of coverage and I hope for many more to come is Camden Proud who is both a racer in the Supermodified division at the Oswego Speedway and also the PR coordinator for Oswego, ISMA and for gosh you've got uh, so many titles Camden I can't keep up with them but I'm glad to have you here and really excited about what we've got to come for the Supermodified fans and everybody involved with uh, Supermodified Racing this year. Me too, Tom. I'm so happy to be a part of the return inside Groove, and I uh, just thank you for the opportunity. I'm really looking forward to it. Well, we've got more stuff to cover today than we probably can get through in the span of an hour, but we're surely going to give it a shot. Um, I thought first it would be appropriate because... I think that uh, we're going to have a lot of new people listening to this show who were probably either not born yet when uh, I started Inside Groove years ago in Oswego or were very little and probably didn't pay too much attention. But uh, So I thought we would kind of start with talking about our backgrounds a little bit and why in the world we're doing this to begin with. And, uh, you know, my background really goes back to the early 70s. I started going to the Oswego Speedway in 1973. My parents' first date was at the Speedway back in the 60s. So I'd like to think that uh, there was some sort of divine destiny going on here. And um, I just remember the first night that I went, there were two things that I remember clearly from from night one. And the first one is methanol is really hard on the eyes. That's the first thing. Um, And second was that the eight ball, it was really fast. Jimmy Champagne won that night, the first night I went. And so I became his fan. He became my hero. And I'm sure as time goes on, we're going to talk an awful lot about Jimmy Champagne on this program because, well, He's still the winningest supermodified driver at the Speedway. And, you know, obviously, as as time went on, I was fortunate enough and blessed enough to be able to do a lot of other things in the sport and moved away from the area and ended up here in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, Mooresville to be specific now, um, for the past uh, 13 years or so. And uh, we're doing this show from the studio, the Race Chaser Media studio that we have here in Mooresville. And, of course, um, you're going to be joining us live from Oswego or wherever you happen to be on a Wednesday morning going forward. I remember your dad when he started racing. I knew him when he was in high school. And so, of course, I've watched you your entire career. But for those who aren't real familiar with you or maybe don't know your whole story, how did you Obviously, you were born into this in a lot of ways, but what was your experience as a kid going to Oswego, and what was it like for you? Yeah, so I was kind of born into it. Uh, My dad started racing in the limited class at Oswego in the mid-90s, and 
I went for the first time at, at one years old. It was it was actually the year of the big '99 Classic fire, and, and that was my first uh, oh, wow. classic. And I've been going every year since. I watched my dad race growing up, and I uh, watched my uncle Chris race growing up, and uh, it's just been just the biggest part of my life, the biggest part of my summers for my entire life. Literally, my entire existence has been nothing but a Swiggo Speedway. And as, as soon as I was old enough to comprehend what I was actually seeing, I just I fell in love with it. Uh, five years ago, I I had uh, my lifelong dream come true and got to hop behind the wheel of a, a small black super built by my dad. And um, we were able to purchase a super modified last season. And, and this year will be my rookie season in the in the super class. So uh, it's just everything's come full circle. It's it's my biggest passion, and it's definitely been one of the biggest um, constants in my life uh, for the past 20 years. Well, and uh, you've certainly got an awesome opportunity this year to run a full season of Super Modifieds, I know, and uh, looking forward to uh, to seeing how you grow in that division. But in the meantime, you also have a lot of responsibilities from a public relations standpoint, and you don't really have much time off. I mean, you, you've you been uh, doing a lot for Oswego, but then uh, this year, I understand, you've taken over the ISMA and social media and such as well. Yeah, it's going to be a really busy year. Um, it's just, it's been a really big learning experience, all this social media stuff. Um, you know, racing racing professionally is, is very difficult these days. That's always been, like, my dream beyond my dream of racing at a Swiggo, and, and uh, it's very hard to do. And um, my other thing that I've always wanted to do, uh, I've just kind of taught myself over the years, is the public relations and, and social media stuff, and Admittedly, it does get very overwhelming, but um, I'm honored to, you know, have the opportunity to uh, kind of be at the head of the social media department for Oswego and, and now for ISMA. And uh, just, you know, thank them both, uh, both the track and, and ISMA for, for the opportunity to do so. I really enjoy it. Well, and, uh, you know, you're really good at it, too. More importantly, you do a great job with it. And so we're looking forward to bringing Super Modified Racing to the fans, to the teams, and covering as much ground as we can. Uh, The purpose of this show is not to be a controversial show. It is not to bash anyone or anything. This show is being done expressly to help to celebrate what super modified racing has been and what it continues to be and the personalities and the stories more importantly that have made super modified racing such an addiction for so many of us for so long um and you know i mean i could spend the entire hour just rambling on about uh my experiences growing up and going to oswego and you know i'm sure we'll get a lot of those stories in over time but um I really want to start by talking about where we are now. And then as we go on into the program, we're going to step back and take a look at um, the opening race from 45 years ago in 1974. And we'll talk about that. But I want to start by kind of talking about where we are now, because where we are now is coming into a season where we've seen by the numbers I want to point out, by the numbers, the pre-registered numbers, we have seen a renaissance 
at, at the Oswego Speedway as far as people registering to race and, and saying, look, we may not run full-time, but we're going to run at least part-time. A lot of stuff going on for this year. I saw something where, uh, and I'm trying to pull it up now, you've actually uh, got, what, 38? Am I correct? 38 registered Supers right now for the season? That's right. Yep, 38. 38 pre-registered Supers. Can we talk about some of the drivers who have filed registrations who aren't normal regulars at the Oswego Speedway to start this? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's just going to be a really exciting year. Um, we have a lot of ISMA guys getting involved um, with the rule change, uh, the new rear wing that the Oswego Supers are going to have. Um, so I think it's definitely attracted interest. Uh, from a lot of ISMA teams, Dan Bowes is registered, uh, Jamie Timmons, Ben Seitz, um, those are uh, three ISMA regulars. We have Tim Jeddes who plans to come up as well. Uh, Allison Cummins is going to be contending for Rookie of the Year. She's Allison Sloat now. Yeah. Uh, most super fans will know her as Allison Cummins. She raced ISMA for five or six years and now has the opportunity to drive for John Nicotra for the full season. So um, that's another big name. Just there's There's a lot of... A lot of new drivers come out of the woodwork, so we're excited about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the list now, and what's neat about this is you've got some guys who are coming back who are, you know, guys that have been around for a while but then sort of went away, and now, you know, they've come back to participate and have some fun again. Roger Clark back um, with his number four car, and I understand that's the same car that he crashed last year. Is that true? Yes, it is. Um, they're they're going to try to rebuild that car. He had a horrible, horrible crash last year. Um, and, you know, I'm glad he was, was okay. There. And oh yeah, that's right. That was there. That was, there. That was yeah. uh, old timers night, I think. And it was. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, boy, he really crunched that car up. I thought that car was done, but it's good to see that he's bringing it back, Roger. Um, one of the good guys that you like to see racing there, Billy Sharkey, also has a Target chassis, which I'm really interested in because. <laughs> That car would be somewhere in the neighborhood of about 20, 25 years old. I know it's had plenty of updates, but still going to be interesting to see uh, how Billy does with that car, which he is numbered 59. And the thing that's cool about that for me is, of course, that goes back to a number that Ernie and Bob June, uh, you know, had for years with their race cars that they had a number of different drivers in in the 60s and 70s and even into the 80s. Billy Sharkey himself actually ran for um, Ernie and Bob June. So the number 59, I think, probably not an accidental choice or a random choice for Billy. I assume that uh, that is at least in some form or fashion a little bit of a nod to June Brothers Racing from back uh, in the day when he raced for them. I know he had a great time running for him, but good to see Billy coming back with a car of his own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I was down at Bill's shop a couple of weeks ago, and he's just you know a true racer. He's he's a great guy, and and I said, you know, Bill, what what made you decide to you know kind of venture out and and purchase this car of your own? He's been driving his brothers, and he says, you know what? Regardless of where I finish, I just have so much more fun being out there than I do in the stands. And you know, this is a guy that's been doing it for a long time. Uh, minimal help, kind of lower budget, and uh, it's it's really nice to see him kind of start his 
his own team sort of all over again, and I hope he has a great season. Gardner been driving the 71 this year uh, that Bill raced last year, and it'll be good to see Gard back. He tried running his own car a year or two ago, and then I know he had some surgery, and it's good to see that uh, he's going to be back in action. You need those guys. You need you need the regulars to come out who just have a good time. They may not be running for wins every week, but they have a lot of fun, and they're the ones that really – in my opinion, are the backbone of the division. The more of those that you have, the more fun it is because they bring fans. Number one, everybody enjoys seeing those guys run. And number two, uh, you know, it's, a, it, it's, it's an opportunity to connect, in some cases, the past to the present. Billy's been running a long time, and, and it's good to see that he still has the fire for it. Yeah, it really is great to see, and uh, you're absolutely right. You know, those guys are just as important as any other driver at the track. Um, Guard, another great guy, um, made his first classic a couple of years ago. I, I know that was a long-time dream of his, yep. and, and now he, he has the opportunity to run a full season, as far as I've heard, with uh, Ron Sharkey and, and his team, so it's a nice opportunity from, for Guard. I'm glad he's feeling better, and um, I hope he enjoys himself this year. Yeah, I hope so, too. Gene Lee Gibson's on the entry list with a Gibson chassis. What can you tell us about what Gene Lee's up to for this year? Yeah, that was a huge surprise to, to hear that Gene Lee was coming back. Um, that's another guy that hasn't been at the track in two or three years. He's the original Mr. Super Modified, uh, won that race in 87. Yep. And um, he's building uh, his, his own creation, I guess, from the ground up, and uh, out in a shop in Ohio, and he's made good progress on it. And last I heard, he, he hoped to be here for the opener in a couple of weeks, if not uh, mid to early June. So uh, that'll be cool. Another guy that's raced supers for a long time. Um, great family history there, the Gibson family, obviously. And uh, to have a guy like Gene Lee kind of come back and, and join the fray here is going to be neat. It is neat, and it's, again, a connection to the past. Of course, his father, Todd, uh, one of the all-time greats and one of the drivers, one of several, who back in the 70s was able to use his super-modified racing knowledge and skill to make that step to run the Indy 500 and run Indy cars for a couple of seasons. And, you know, Todd raced right up, I think into the maybe late eighties, early nineties. I can't remember exactly when he um, stopped running, but Gene Lee, uh, as you said, won that, that Mr. Super modified in 87 was a wild one. That was the one. I don't know if you remember the backstory on this cam, but that was the one where Bentley Warren in the flying five and Doug Heveron in the Mazer 61 were running side by side for gosh, I don't even know how many laps. It was a bunch through traffic on the edge of disaster, and I think it was Dave McKnight that blew a motor and going into turn three, and Doug and Bentley hit the oil and just went sailing into the wall. And boy, it just, both of them climbed out of their cars, fell down basically onto the racetrack, and they're laying there and groaning in pain. They look over at each other and start laughing. <laughs> you know, at the race they were having. I mean, it was just that was uh, that was an amazing display of driving that both of those guys put on. And uh, but Jingli ended up being kind of the benefit factor of that, and uh, ended up winning that Mister Supermodified race. And Jingli's always yeah. good for uh, some some interest because he's built some kind of strange 
looking cars over the years and tried some different things. And, you know, he's never been one to necessarily follow the trend. He's always tried different stuff. And I think because of that, whenever he builds a car, I think he kind of grabs our interest to see how it's going to run. Yeah, um, definitely. When I posted his registration, everybody was kind of saying, oh, wow, you know, another gene recreation. You know, <laughs> I, I can't wait to see what this looks yeah. like. And all, all due respect to him, I mean, it's, it's great. He's an old school racer, and, and I love uh, it. he he tries and tries and tries, and and you know what? He's had a ton of success in his career. Yes, um, yep. doing just that. So um, I think it's awesome. Yeah, it is. Um, Todd Stoll, I see on the entry list. Do we know anything about Todd's actual status? I don't actually. That that came up this week. They just um, they just mailed him the registration, and I was hoping it would be Todd back, but they kind of said the driver was. TBA and they would let us know when they knew for sure. So um, I'm not sure what exactly is going on with that. So not likely to be top behind the wheel then from what you know. Maybe not. <laughs> well, you, never, you never know. We'll have to wait know. and see. Okay. So uh, one one driver we do know is coming back who is part of the current crop of racers that we're really excited about just uh, got the official news within the last day or two. Eric Iosu coming back in the 11 car with some new colors and a new sponsor. Uh, weren't sure we were going to see Eric in a swiggo every week this year, but it looks like he's back. Yes, good for Eric. Um, I was really happy to see them secure that sponsorship from Oswego Health and, you know, another valued uh, full-time competitor. Um, good driver. Uh, he, he really, you know, he spent a lot of his life around supers, um, you know, kind of like I did. And But, you know, he was in the pits every week with his with his dad and, and helped the crew for Pat Lavery. He was very hands-on. And uh, I think, you know, his, his father is a really great mechanic. Um, Eric's kind of taught himself well. They have a great piece. I, I think he's going to have a good season, too. Yeah, I, I think he will, and it's good to see that they made that commitment to come back. I see they're technically not a commitment car, but I would have to think that uh, you would see them most weeks, if not all weeks. Uh, Eric told me that 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 uh, his sponsor wants him there at Oswego, so I would have to think he'll be a pretty regular competitor there. Um, the other one that, mm-hmm. that really intrigued me, and I knew about this before I saw the list, but now I'm curious because of the what it says for the chassis. Trevor Bellinger, younger brother of Brandon and youngest son of Eddie Bellinger Jr., who, of course, is one of the best ever to strap into a Super at Oswego, Trevor Bellinger listed as the 0-3 car on the entry list. Now, we saw Jared, the middle brother, uh, race a little bit a few years back, and then ended up having a really bad crash and just stopped running. I see that this car is listed as an extreme chassis. What do you know about the specifics of the car Trevor will be competing with? Because it sounds like it may not be the same car Jared was running. Uh, no, it's it's definitely not the same car Jared was running. I believe the car that Trevor's in, as far as what I've been told, and my family's pretty close to the Bellingers, and um, I believe it is an older Extreme car, um, a car that Brandon drove. The, the car he has now is the Durat car, the yep. Durat Extreme car that Randy Ritzkis drove, um, and I believe this one is, is an older Extreme chassis. Okay. I, I, I hope I'm correct on that, but... I, I have heard it's an extreme car. If it's the one I'm thinking, it's the one that Brandon drove before he hopped into the former Durat car. Um, but it'll be cool that, that all three of the Ballinger brothers, um, hopefully, will have driven a simple modified by the end of this season. I talked to them recently. They did say that was the plan. Obviously not full-time or anything like that, but um, he did hope to get out there. 
uh, a few times this season and give it a shot. So it'll be really neat to see another Bellinger on the track. Yeah, it will. And, you know, that's one of the things that has always been true about the Oswego Speedway. Uh, even when I started going in 73, you had Eddie Jr. Uh, more or less taking the baton, if you will, uh, from his dad, Eddie Sr. You had Steve Joya Jr., who was in, I think, his first full season in the nine car. Um, of course, his dad had owned Supers for years at Oswego. Um, you know, you have Jimmy Muldoon, who was racing there at that time. Then it became his son, Mike Muldoon, in the early 80s. And then, of course, now Michael Muldoon, Mike's son. You know, you've had Steve Joy of the third race there. Your dad raced there, and now you're there. If you look down this roster, there are so many examples of generational Jeff Abold, um, you know, racing now, of course, his father, Pat. You know, there are so many examples of that, and whether it – you know, is a, a father, son, grandson, or maybe, a, you know, like Keith Champagne, the nephew, of course, of the late Jimmy Champagne. You see all kinds of, of examples of that. And I think there's a lot to be said for why supermodified racing has been at the top for so long of, of the short track racing world in terms of, you know, consistency. And it's because it really is probably the best example of, of a family sort of a family part of the sport. I, it, it almost is, it almost resembles like quarter midget racing in that sense that, you know, it really is a, a generational thing. And it seems like, you know, even Dan Kapazinski going to get to run a couple races for, Eric Sorrell and his group in the uh, 08 car. And, of course, Danny's father, Mike, built cars at Oswego. And Eric's father, Gary, drove them. You know, so there's an example of two situations coming together that are generational. It really is like that at Oswego. And it's so cool to watch. And it's so much fun. I know it has to be uh, constantly humbling for you to be able to to do what your dad did. And I know uh, you get probably as or more excited when your dad comes back in the small block and does something is, you know, is you are for driving yourself. I, I totally do. I, I miss watching my dad race. I, I miss watching my uncle race. And um, for the first time ever, a couple of years ago, I helped to promote a race at Evans Mills yep. and they both got to race each other. And that was one of the coolest, uh, the coolest days of my life. But um, the swiggle really is. It's very, um, it's just a big family. Super modified racing is a big family. Um, like you said, the different generations and generations of drivers. And what I love is that, you know, you got the, the older veterans like Joe Gozik or Doug Dagero or, or Gene Lee or any of those guys. And then, you know, they're racing against Jim Champagne's nephew or Eddie Bellinger's son. I just, yeah. those, those legendary names. It's just, it's awesome. That's what makes a swiggle a swiggle. It, re- it really does. And, and it's hard to explain that to someone who's not familiar. It's hard to sort of get across how close knit and how much the thread of, you know, family blood, so to speak, um, pervades the, the, the speedway year after year after year, but it just keeps on going. You mentioned Joe Kozik. Here's the guy who's going to be, I think if I recall this right, you can correct me if I'm wrong. He's going to be 64, I think this year or 63, one, one or the other. Yeah, I think he's, I think he might be. 63 now i'm not i'm not sure well, i think you're correct one of the two yeah he's but. he's either one of the two 40 years 
is he's going to be competing in his 40th International Classic this year. Started driving in 1980, and he's still contending for wins. It's it's really unbelievable. I, I just uh, looked it up, and he turned 63 on, on March 11th. So, okay. Um, what Joe has has done is just it's it's crazy. I mean, I've, I've watched him race my entire life, and um, you know, if you ever told me I was going to get to race a super, I would have called you nuts. The let home race against Joe goes yeah. in the class. So it's 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 unbelievable. Um, it's it's hard to think of any time we've seen anything like this uh, in Oswego's history. I don't think we we ever really have seen somebody that's even come close, other than maybe Hal Tulip. And uh, I just have so much respect for what Joe has done. I mean, two years ago, he had probably the best season of his career. Uh, he finished in the top five literally every week other than one. And, um, you know, not only is he still racing, but he's, he's contending every week. And, and after 40 years, that's just truly uh, special to watch. Yeah, it's pretty amazing, honestly. And, 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 and he's got a new car this year new to him um he set aside his extreme chassis that he's been racing for eight nine ten years now in favor of uh the old the the former deuce nicotra racing car so he's gone to a hawk chassis what do you see for him this year with that that different car i know you haven't had you know too much experience in the supers but you've been around quite a lot um do you see a big adjustment period for him i don't know uh i I think i definitely do see a little bit of a an adjustment to the to the new car um you know running the setup and and different things like that there's a lot more uh kind of advanced equipment on there um definitely some getting used to but i i honestly i see future wins um I, i see him being right up there in the top five every week. Um, I, I see him contending for the, the track championship with it. Um, I, I think it's going to be a really, really good car for Joe, and I'm really glad to see him uh, get this opportunity at the really kind of late stage in his career to, to have a piece as, as good as that track championship winning car, classic winning car just a couple of years ago. So um, I'm a big Gozik fan, and I'm really excited for Joe. Well, I don't know anyone who's not a Gozik fan. Even if they cheer for another driver kind of more, everybody loves Joe, and they should. I mean, he's yeah. he's just – his passion, even at his age, his passion and his desire to go win. You know, this isn't about I'm having a good time and enjoying myself. He's in this to win every race he enters, and he's not happy when he doesn't. I mean, he's still got that fire just like he had, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. Um, You know, the funny thing with Joe is I can still remember the first time he got into the Joya 99, um, watching him in practice. It was a rookie practice, and he went out. I think he took about three laps and you could just tell he was getting on the gas on the gas on the gas and he finally spun the thing and turned two and it was like okay he found the edge and somehow it ended up that he replaced uh, i think it was jim gray in the ocetic double zero that year um and and thus began all that he finished in the top 15 in the classic and the first time he ever entered it and um you know, I, I just, his career took off from there. It took him a few years to, to kind of really get to the top. But boy, once he figured out how to win, I mean, he's just had a great career. And of course, you know, all the way to Indianapolis and competed, I think it was 95, 94, 95 in the uh, Indy 500. And, you know, I, I mean, I about lost my voice because he qualified that car in at the very last second, and he had to have somebody else's misfortune to help him get in. But, boy, I mean, 
I was just screaming in my living room, um, just going nuts when he qualified. Um, didn't have he had some mechanical issues or something in the race, I think. Um, but um, you know, just to accomplish that feat at, at that time in that period when you know Indy was Indy Car in general was starting to really become more road course focused, if you will, and the road to Indy was soon to come and, and all of that, um, you know, that was that was perfect timing for Joe. And to be able to say he went and did that, hometown Oswego kid, going to Indy and competing in the Indy 500 and then coming back, and, and now he's second on the all-time wins list. I mean, you got to hand it to the guy, whether you cheer for another driver or not, because Joe Gozik right now is probably, you know, of all the drivers at the Oswego Speedway, I would say Joe is one of the pillars that uh, on which that racetrack stands at this point. Yeah, without a doubt he is. Um I think um, Joe Gozik is kind of, you know, the type of person that, that defines, you know, like you said, what a Swiggo Speedway is. I wish I was around to, to see him qualify into the Indy 500. That was two years before I was born, and, and I wish it was something I got to experience. But that Indy Oswego connection, you know, the Indy of the East, you know, it's it's really cool. Yeah. Uh, Gozik, Bentley Warren, um, Davey Hamilton, uh, John Cack, and Dreddy back in the day, they've all raised Oswego. Yep. Sessions. They've all had success here too. And um, another thing that makes the Swigo and Super Modifieds really unique is the Indy connection. Yeah, uh, and that was really prevalent in the '70s and even into the '80s. Chuck Siprich uh, ran some IndyCar racing uh, with a very low buck team, Chet Phillip, who used to from out of Texas, who uh, raced in Oswego before they banned the rear engine cars. Chet uh, went to Indy um, and did all of that, uh, you know, and, and did very, very well, um, you know, with, when with what he had. Again, you know, so many drivers crossed through super modified racing and and raced at the oswego speedway back then and went to indy and then you had some of them you know doug didero and jerry o'neill and and jeff west all you know were in some form or fashion uh, involved with nascar at one point uh doug hevron you know several of them so um you know we've had drivers who have made the big time and now obviously everything's so specialized it's a lot harder to do that but with that being said you know, I think guys, and even like yourself, I mean, I don't, I don't know that I've ever heard you say, you know, I want to go to NASCAR, I want to go to IndyCar. I'm sure you would love to do those things, but you know, for you and for a lot of a lot of the drivers currently, super modifieds are the thing. And you know, even I, I can say, even for myself, I mean, I've covered about everything, you know, that there is to cover in racing in person at least once as far as types of racing, never covered Formula One, but um, about everything else. And anytime I'm sitting at Charlotte covering NASCAR, you know, I always think back to being, you know, at Oswego Speedway and how it all started there for me. And, you know, the Supers are still my first love, right? Yes, I feel the same way. Um, Like I said, as a kid, I I wanted to, you know, race and I wanted to be my career. I wanted to race professionally, but... um, as I kind of grew older and grew up a little bit and, and, you know, continued to go to Oswego as a kid and, and learn, um, you know, what Oswego is all about, learn the history and, and learn about the Supers, I, I said, you know, I, I think, you know, I was just kind of realizing, like I said, it, it's so hard to, to make it on a professional level. And, you know, really my ultimate goal uh, since I've come to that realization is, has been to race a Super Modified full-time and um you know i can't even put into words uh what doing that this year uh, will mean to my family and i we're, we're really excited 
Well, I, I know the smile that you had on your face when you first got in the car last year probably about says it all. So uh, uh, I, I just happened to notice a name on this entry list that somehow I must have uh, been absent the day this memo was handed out. But Bob Bogowitz is coming back in, in, in the 09 car. What's what is the deal with with Bob? Uh, yeah, Bob's registered his car, um, registered the number the past few years. He was actually oh, okay. our infield, uh, like victory lane and yeah. he did a really good job with that. Um, but he's been working on a new car, uh, for the past probably three or four, maybe even five years now. And he sent me a couple pictures of it last year and it, it definitely has progressed. Uh, I know he's looking for a motor for it. I, I heard he got a motor for it now and he hopes to make it on the track at some point this season so for him um i hope it happens and that'd be another nice addition yeah there you go i mean again we need these people and and bob was always a a big supporter of the division and you just love seeing these people get a chance to go race and have fun um just to go through the entry list here and then we can we can move on to Isma and talk Isma. We got MSS uh, to cover as well. Uh, Joe Gozik entered the double zero. Danny Connors Jr. back. Uh, same car, same situation in the 01. Brandon Bellinger, yep. same situation in the 02. We talked about Trevor. Uh, Ravals Racing entering a zero four. I'm assuming that uh, that would be maybe Craig now and then. That's what I've heard, yeah. Uh, I guess they're primarily going to use it. As a backup car for his for son, Logan. Logan. Yeah. Um, but Craig might get in it a few times is what I've heard. That would be fun. Jeff Abold in the 05. Danny Kapazinski to run a few races later in the year in the 08 car. That is the older of the two cars that Michael Barnes has at his disposal. Danny will be in it late season and for classic. I can't wait to see what Danny K does in that car. I'm happy for Dan. Um, you know, his he just lives a swiggo yes he does his passion is is undeniable and um that was very cool to wake up um on that morning a few months ago now and see that news i was i was genuinely happy for for dan to to have the opportunity i know how much classic sunday means to him and and now he has his son um michael Michael. Michael. that you know gets gets to watch dad in the classic so good for them i keep uh keep teasing him about uh whether or not he started building the quarter midget or the mic rod yet for him but uh you know that's going to be a racer uh bob bogowitz we mentioned tim snyder in the zero same car um and good to see tim back in action as well jeff west uh our main sponsor for this show actually um jeff out of indianapolis uh coming back he says uh four or five times with his with his car uh and it'll be good to have jeff back obviously sure well um i got to know jeff um really not got to know but i kind of just spoke to him honestly for the first time um the past couple of years when i've done stories and stuff for the track and um it's another guy that i kind of remember watching on some of my dad's old race tapes and it's so nice to see him back um i've i've really admired uh the passion he has as well and um you know thank him for for supporting the podcast and ipc indy and um just appreciate his passion for the supers it's really great to see um that's the kind of people we need coming back 
Yeah. Uh, so we got Jeff. We got Doug Didero, of course, coming back. Roger Clark. Nakotra Racing entering the number six um, that uh, I would assume would be uh, Davey Hamilton, perhaps, if he wanted it. But uh, you never know who could pop up in a Nakotra yeah. car. Otto Siddeley, of course, in the seven. Glad to have Otto back again. Eric Iosu, the 11. Joey Payne in the 14. Uh, that is a Muldoon chassis that he's been racing uh, on and off. And uh, I think uh, probably not a regular, right? No, nope, not a regular. I think he's going to dabble in the swiggle and yep. stuff. But uh, he took last year off, and I'm I'm glad he's back. He came out with that car in 17 and um, had a couple of real good runs with it. Track record holder. Another contender. Sure. Yeah, Joey is definitely fast. Anytime he runs uh, Danny Bowes in the 25 car, Jamie Timmons, the 27, Ben Seitz in the 32. And that one is going to be one I'm going to watch when he comes up. Uh, good to see Sewell Racing coming back to Oswego. Yes, it's awesome. It's It's been a long time since we've seen um, a Sewell car run a regular Saturday night show in Oswego. So many different drivers. Um, Speedway Hall of Famers, the team and itself, so much history with the Blue 32. That's going to be cool. Yes, no doubt. Definitely excited. Lock Racing has filed an entry. This has got me curious. Who do you think's in that car when he run, when it runs? I think his son. I think Jeff Lock's son. Nice. Um, that, that would be my guess. That would be great to see him uh, out of quarter midgets and uh, I think the focus type midgets as well um Nima maybe yeah Nima, yeah something yeah. like that yeah uh be good to see him in the car uh and again another generational driver as well allison slowed you mentioned earlier in the 39 car um that is also in the Kotra car i'm hoping they leave the four-wheel drive freddie graves throwback livery on that car <laughs> but do you know if they will or not uh i don't think so um Bummer. that would be cool though yeah, I loved I loved that car, um, but uh, that was Allison's uh, number when she was driving as well. Um, so it's that's why the thirty nine is there. Chris Purley back with the forty four on a semi regular basis, I guess you could say. Whenever Isma's not running, probably or at least uh, a handful of times. Dave Gruel the fifty, Dave Danzer in the fifty two. Of course, uh, that Camden Proud kid in the 54. Uh, Keith Champagne, we mentioned in the 55. Talked to him last night. He's set to go. Uh, Halatulip, the 56. Bill Sharkey, the 59. Michael Barnes in the 68 car that I think, I don't think we've seen how fast that car can go yet, and it'll be scary to no. see what can happen. Watch out. Yeah, brand yeah. new, the yeah. latest Hawk generation um, that Joey Hawksby Jr. built, and I, that car intrigues me greatly in terms of um whether or not the track record could fall if he um hits the right situation with that uh gardner been the 71 jerry curran back with the 73 um jingley gibson is under the 75 lula Vey jr the 83 we talked about stole racing jack patrick i'm really happy for jack to get to run uh a full season of supers they've renumbered the old uh sean muldoon car 90 he'll be back logan ravals we mentioned out of canada uh, second generation driver in the 94 uh, Dave Schillick Jr. in the 95 as a teammate to Keith Champagne in a brand new uh, Osetic chassis man I'm going to be real intrigued to watch that two car team that's going to be very interesting um, for sure um, like I said look what Keith did with the yep. with the new car a couple of years ago how much speed it's had uh, he's shown so much consistency he picked up his first couple wins you know champagne 
returning to victory lane at Oswego, such a big story. And now you got your track champion and classic winner from a couple of years ago coming out in a brand new car with a yes. brand new team. And a lot of eyes are going to be on the 95, I think. For sure. And of course, Tyler Thompson back for his second year in the 98. And that should be uh, a, a, a yeah. fun deal to see how Tyler progresses throughout the year. Very impressive young uh, teenage racer who has uh, definitely made his mark on about four or five different divisions over the course <laughs> yeah, of the yeah. past season. He, he can drive anything. Okay. Um, so we're going to uh switch gears and talk some isma but before we do i want to tell everybody that uh, we actually we mentioned jeff west and his company ipc indie is one of our main supporters here but we've got another one uh, another gentleman who jumped on board right away as soon as he heard we were doing a show he wanted to be a part of it skips fish fry out of oswego i don't need to even read notes to talk about skips fish fry because i am probably one of his biggest fans the there are two places that i make sure every time i come to a swiggo that i hit for food at some point or do my best to anyway skips is one of them and um gjp italian eatery and larry miller's uh, uh pizza shop is is another one but skips here's here's the deal okay first of all you will not find better quality fish than what skip has no preservatives no chemicals everything prepared to order his customer service is off the charts his delivery is the same um locally owned and operated right there in the middle of downtown oswego skips fish fry if you are coming to oswego new york it is the place to go and if you're at the racetrack that's the place to go uh you've got not only does skip have the fish at his concession but cam this year he's bringing back garofalo's italian sausage to the speedway and i know that's going to be a huge hit that stuff is addicting it is so good um i was talking to sean last night about that and i said geez did you see all the comments and and all the requests we've had to bring back you know garofalo's sausage on facebook and he goes really no and I said, yeah, like I, I have more messages and more emails at the track about please bring back Grappolo sausage. So if you want Grappolo sausage, make sure you, you go down to Skip's Fish Fry um, in the concession area this year. He he loves supers. Um, he He's just a huge supporter of really what we is. do at Oswego. And I'm really thankful he came on board to, to support our podcast too so yeah. thanks sean yeah that's uh we appreciate sean cathcart a whole bunch and uh i think i've gained about 20 pounds i i told him uh when we talked uh, about when i called him to, to to let him know what we were doing with the show before i announced it um and and to talk with him about being a supporter um i told him i said i i really had thought about uh having my attorney write you a letter because i think i've gained 20 pounds every time he puts that picture of the big old fish hanging out of the bun and the fries on his facebook i think i gain a pound looking at it um i keep uh i keep uh trying to get him to open one here in mooresville and uh so far he hasn't uh taken me up on it but um I can tell you the South here does not do fish well at all. So um, for someone who loves haddock and, and, you know, that kind of fish as much as I do, whenever I go up north, I want to go to Skip's. That's the first place I hit. So, um, you know, thanks again to to Skip for that. And, of course, uh, go visit IPC Indy as well, uh, ipcindy.com. Jeff West builds a lot of bodies. He does a whole lot of uh, composite work. Basically, if you can 
dream it. It seems like uh, he can build it. And, um, you know, Jeff has been a supporter of the Supermodified Division forever. Uh, Jeff and I went to school together. Uh, and if you'd have told me back then he was going to race a Super in Oswego, I probably would have uh, laughed at you. Um, and, and I mean that not in any derogatory way to Jeff. It just didn't seem like he would be the type to have that interest. But, boy, he um, he had himself a good career as a driver and is still enjoying his driving. I think if he raced every week, he'd still be a contender for a championship and he'd be a winner. I agree. Um, it's just, like I said, so good to have him back. Yep. Um, and, and Skips, uh, speaking of Skips, they have, I know a lot of our Swiggo fans uh, come to town uh, in part to eat the Hoffman hot dogs, and, and Skips is the exclusive supplier of those at the track, too. So Oh, wow. I, I didn't know I that. Yeah, yeah. At least, at least last year they were. I'm not sure if any of the other vendors are there you uh, selling them this year. But yeah, stop, stop to skip for hopping hot dogs. That's what I always get there because I don't like seafood, so that's a bit of a conflict. But <laughs> I, I, try to, <laughs> well, I try to support them whenever I can. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. And uh, I didn't realize he was the exclusive supplier. I knew he had them. I just didn't. Uh, but it, that's that's great. Well, yeah. Again, um, those of you who are listening to the show, take a second. Go to Skip's Fish Fries Facebook page and just say thank you, because without Skip and Jeff and um, you know others who who help with with shows like this, we wouldn't have them. And so um, it's uh, it's great to have them on board, and we appreciate that. Let's talk some Isma, um, because Isma's got an intriguing schedule this year, um, and I, and I love the cross participation that we're starting to see. Again, between ISMA and Oswego and the two organizations working together, what's ISMA looking like for 2019? Uh, ISMA's looking pretty good. Um, I'm still kind of learning the ropes. I'm not so much familiar about, you know, or with uh, the ISMA history and and all that good stuff, but um, it's been fun to get involved with ISMA and and to kind of, you know, meet some new people, new drivers, new teams, and and track owners and promoters, and... um, you know, a really, a really nice uh, schedule is lined up. Um, Eleven events. Um, we're going to Ontario. We're going to New Hampshire, Ohio, New York, Connecticut. Um, so we're going pretty much all over in the Northeast. And you know, if you want to see super sites and, and can't make it to Oswego, then definitely try to to make your way out to an Isma race. There's nothing like seeing the supers for a first time. So for any first timers that are listening. Um, it's not just at a swiggle. There, there's other tracks uh, in the Northeast and Canada and in the Midwest that you can you can catch the supers. And um, I know Isma's looking forward to getting things started uh, up in Ontario at uh, Delaware Speedway on June 15th. Yeah, and that's I think that's going to be a big deal because there haven't been much for super modified racing in Canada lately. And so anytime they go over there, uh, I think that that's a really big deal. And and I mean, when I was growing up. Not only do we have bunches of Canadian drivers, I'm looking at this program from 1974. We get to talk about uh, the Port City race back then. Johnny Spencer was on the cover. A Canadian driver who was driving for Doug Duncan from Canada at the time in the 07. Doug, one of the legendary car owners of that period, 70s and 80s. Um, 
at uh, Oswego. And, you know, just a strong contention of competitors and fans from north of the border. We've always had at Oswego, and now, um, you know, we've got uh, Logan Rayvalls, and, uh, you know, we've still got a bunch of fans who come over from Canada. So it's good to see that Isma's going back over there and running at Delaware again. Um, yeah. And uh, that should be a good show. Corpac, I know, has uh, just stepped up recently to basically back the reciprocal agreement between Oswego and ISMA that allows for the extra start money if, uh, you know, a driver runs the ISMA show and then takes takes uh, the wing off the top and puts the wing on the back, runs the the uh, the Oswego portion of it. Right, and uh, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, it's um, really, really, really good for the sport to have Oswego and and Isma uh, working together. I hope MSS can be a part of this uh, at some point as well. Um, but, yeah, basically what the reciprocal agreement is is that um, any Isma car that participates in an Oswego event um, on any of our non-overlapping dates, so whenever the schedules don't conflict, uh, they'll now be guaranteed a minimum of 750 to start the feature event, which is on par with Oswego's equipment purse. And uh, we want to thank John Brush and, and Core Pack, uh, longtime supporters of Super Modified Racing, uh, for coming on board to sponsor that portion of it at Oswego. And uh, then as far as ISMA, uh, they're extending their minimum franchise start money of 1000 to any Oswego Speedway team that you know wants to strap the weight on and, and travel to an ISMA show um, on any non-conflicting date. So um, it should help car counts on both sides, and I'm so happy we're all working together. Yeah, it's been a long time coming, and it's been much needed. So I'm I'm thankful to the current group uh, that supports ISMA, and also to obviously the the Teresis and everyone at Oswego for being able to work that out. Because you know the winner in that situation, obviously, is the, the fans uh, are the winners, and and yeah. are, they're able to see more cars and more stars, and that's what you want. Mike Ordway Jr. running for Clyde Booth again this year. Chris Perley back in action. Um, you know a, a, a loaded ISMA field. Again. Again, uh, I think Mike Lichty is, is going to be full-time again. Um, who else we got uh, that we should be mentioning? I know Tim Jedjarek is going to be part-time, right? And Russ Wood, maybe the rest of the time? Or how is that going to work? Right. So it's, it's been kind of um, an interesting offseason. Um, yeah, Mike Ordway Jr. back was Clyde Booth full-time. And, you know, Ordway and Booth, two names that are synonymous, which is neat to see those guys teaming up again. Um, Mike, one is... First high miler with Clyde, um, and for those that don't know, uh, Mike's father, Mike Senior, obviously has a ton of success with Clyde. You know, won the international classic, sure tons did. of success, yep. waned and on wing. So um, another uh, family thing, a son following in father's footsteps on on the Isma uh, circuit as well. So that's cool. Uh, as far as Timmy J and, and Russ Wood, um, Tim is kind of stepping back a little bit to focus on his kids quarter midget racing um and from what i've heard they're both very talented both doing a really good job and um you know you can't blame tim for doing that at all i think that's 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 cool that he wants to go spend time with his kids and um the lane car is still going to be full time uh tim's gonna kind of run i think from a swiggle west is, is what i've heard maybe all the races of swiggle west that don't conflict with the quarter midgets and then um east of us we go uh Russ Wood is is going to get back uh 
in a super that's and awesome. we don't even have to talk about his success so no russ is cool. russ is one of the best ever and that's uh, it's going to be great to see him back in a car and and good that we can still keep the lane racing car full-time on the circuit even though tim won't be running it but uh should be an interesting season watching that car run no matter who's in it it would make sense probably that russ would run the new england shows because i don't think he really has the desire to necessarily travel as much no. As maybe he did before, yeah. So, uh, Mike McVetto looks like uh, he's back in action. Um, pretty good field of Isma Supers lined up for 2019. We'll we'll go into a little bit more detail uh, about that um, as we get into the next couple of shows. Uh, I want to make sure that we take some time as well on, on on this opening show to talk about MSS a little bit. That's an organization, obviously, for those who don't know the Midwest Super Modified Series that has struggled a little bit, both with tracks and with car count over the last several years, but seems like there's some renewed interest there as well. Uh, What can you tell us about MSS going into the season? Yeah, so MSS is kind of sort of the, they've kind of rebranded what was the former MSA, and um, they've got great leadership with um, the May family, um, Tim Church is doing his social media, and he's kind of, you know, there, there's been little to no coverage of any super modified racing going on in the, the Midwest that no, I've seen in, right. in quite a while. So hats off to the Mays, and um, I, I think Rich Reed is involved as, as VP. I know Jeff Lickfeld's involved, and they all do a nice job. Um, they have a nice uh, schedule for the year uh, ready to go, and it, it opens on the 26th of May. So the day after the Swiggles opener out at Sandusky Speedway in Ohio. And, um, you know, they have some some different tracks included. June 22nd, they come up to Hillside Buffalo, the former Holland Speedway. Oh, uh, wow. That's right. Yeah. So that's kind of a – it stinks that Swiggles racing on the same night. But, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's cool to see MSS come out this way again. It's been – it's been quite a few years, and they're also uh, going to Auto City Speedway in, in Michigan on August 3rd, so that's another different track, and they have a, another stop at Sandusky, uh, stop at Midvale, a um, couple races at Lorraine, and then they, they cap it off with Lucas Oil Raceway in, in Indy, and that event was a, a hit last year. That'll be the 14th of September. They call it the Fall Brawl, um, so obviously there's a lot of racing things to do in, in Indy, and that's great to see the the super modified back at that track i'm loving that yeah for sure that was that was a big hit last year and uh i hope we can get even more cars to go out there and participate in that this year so uh mss definitely looking for uh, a bit of a revival year as well and i'm glad to see that they've got the schedule they've got in the midwest we're going to try to have representatives from both isma and mss on in the coming few weeks here as we get things cranked up on inside grooves so that uh, they can tell us even more about what's going on with their particular series uh and of course we'll have um we'll have drivers on as well uh both from the past and the present that's one of the big things that we want to do with uh inside groove is we want to reach back into the past and tell some stories and let you uh hear from some drivers that maybe you didn't ever get to see race but um you know they were the drivers who helped build the history of super modified racing and uh we've got some already uh that um we have 
that we're lining up for hopefully a couple in May and uh, then starting in June, hopefully at least every other week, if not uh, uh, every week, we'll have at least one driver or uh, team member or somebody from the super modified world that um, is interesting and entertaining and and uh, has been important to the history. So as we kind of wind things down or start to wind things down a little bit, Cam, I thought we'd take a look back at, uh, we can call this back in the day. Uh, and this actually was the first, first opener that I think I ever went to. I started in 73 and I, I don't know exactly. I know it was early in the year because Ronnie Wallace was still driving the 10 pins for Nolan Swift. It was before Nolan decided to come back out of retirement again. And, um, Ronnie went over to the flying five, but I, I know I wasn't at the opener. And so this happened to be the port city race in 1974. Uh, Jimmy Champagne won the super modified race and Gary Reichert picked up the win in the Turner Brothers Vega bodied modified. Now, here's what's interesting uh, about this story. Reichert's car, he would run it as a modified when the modifieds were at Oswego. And if it usually was always a double header with the supers, they would take the body off it and run it as a super. Back then, you were allowed to do that. And Gary actually finished, he won the modified race and then turned around took the body off the car and he actually finished it finished fourth in the super modified race. Um, you know, that's part of the lore of, of Oswego speedway and the supers is that you saw people doing things like that. Um, you know, Tommy Rose was racing that day in a sprint car, uh, back when, of course, you know, it was pretty much uh, run what you brung. So, you know, Tommy Rose mm-hmm. brought his sprinter up and, uh, he finished in the top 15 with that car. Um, but, if you kind of go through the field here, just to, to bring back some memories, and you can see how many of these names you know. Jimmy Champagne ended up winning the Super Feature, as we mentioned. Um, Johnny Spencer finished second. Kempton Dates was third. Gary Reichert, after winning the Modified Race, uh, finished fourth in the Super. And Sammy Carista, slamming Sammy in the Orange 37 car. Finished fifth. That was one of the... Freddie Graves won, I think, either once or twice. I know at least once with that car, but uh, one of the few top fives I remember that car having. Warren Conium was sixth. Kenny Andrews, seventh in the 55. Bobby Stelder driving the old Buckner 36 was eighth. Bruce Kraft was ninth. Larry Leonard was tenth. Um, Chuck Siprich was 11th. He was driving for Jack Tobin and uh, uh, and Lloyd Dietrich at the time in the Tobin Dietrich 21. Jimmy Gray finished 12th um, in the 31 car. Tommy Rose 13th in his sprint car. Sean Shanahan in the Steve Miller 16 finished in 14th. Freddie Graves was 15th driving his own 38 car. That was the rear engine X Indy car that he had at the time. Daryl Peckham 16th in the 44. Nolan Swift. 17th in the uh, candy-striped 10-pins. That was one of my favorite paint jobs ever. Freddie Pete, 18th in the 08. That was the ex-Champagne car. Doug Sire, 19th in the 72. Steve Joya finished in 20th. Ray Sand in the Austin Brothers, 71. Of course, Ray, uh, his his son racing at Oswego now. Um, then it was uh, Joe McGarry, Armin Holly, and Mike Rizzo rounded out the field in that one um just some a a 
great field of cars that day. Um, you know, a lot of competition back in the 70s, a lot of variety in the cars. Those are history, pieces of history that we can relive as we go further in talking to some of those drivers who were in competition back then. Um, those were the salad days of the division, and we're really, we're just thankful, honestly, to have Super Modified still. And yeah. I'm excited, Camden, for, for this season, I think. No matter how many of of the cars show up opening day, and I hear varying numbers, I think you you say you wouldn't be surprised to see thirty. Do you really believe we can hit that? I believe we can hit more than that. Honestly, uh, really, I don't I don't want to guarantee thirty, um, but I I will definitely guarantee you know twenty five, twenty six. I don't think there's there's any way unless something disastrous happens that we're going to have any less than that. Um, but I think the potential for 30, 31, 32 is definitely there. You know, that would be amazing. I mean, that would be the strongest field we've had for opening day in quite a while and certainly would get the season off to a good start. Uh, I know you're going to be ready now. Uh, the burning question I know uh, on all of the fans' minds who follow you was whether or not you were going to keep that uh, nice green paint job with the 22, <laughs> and apparently the answer is no. You're going back to the 54 and uh, changing the colors. What uh, what colors are we going to have this year? Are you not ready to tell us yet? Um, well, we, we are changing the green. Uh, yeah, the, the, the green was kind of a special tribute uh, to my dad's first super. Uh, there was a green 22 in 98, and it was cool um, to kind of Enjoy that with my dad. We sure. got some nice pictures, great memories. Um, but uh, Step One Creative is just signed on to make you know my first full season in a Super happen, and, and because of that, we want to continue you know branding and, and and the marketing side of things with them. So we are going to be kind of switching back over to some Step One Creative colors. But the car is going to be a different color. It's going to be a different color scheme than anything we've ever had before. It won't just be the red, black, and white, and it is going to be a color that a super modified hasn't been at a swiggle in quite some time. Oh boy. And I kind of want to keep it a surprise. So I, I hope the fans like it. It's it's, it's different. Um, I'm, I'm really happy with the job that Step 1 and, and Budget Signs and uh, Chris Proud has helped as well tremendously. So, you know, thanks to all those guys for the work, and uh, I think it's going to look neat. Well, we're, we're going to be excited to follow you as you go through the season, but uh, also excited to uh, involve some other personalities on this show uh, as much as we can. And as, uh, this, yeah. of course, being the first show, we kind of kept things fast and loose, and we're going to keep doing that. I mean, this is really meant to be a more conversational, kind of less formal. We're not trying to do this for radio. This is really two passionate Super Modified fans sitting around talking about Super Modifieds, and you get to just uh, enjoy it and be a part of it. Please make sure, if you haven't already, hit the like button on our Inside Groove Podcast Facebook page because as we go into the season here, we'll start to, to give away some cool prizes and <clears throat> excuse me, and such for uh, fans and, and those who are following us. And uh, we want you to support our sponsors as well. So thank Jeff West and uh, give thanks to Sean Cathcart and Skip's Fish Fry. Make sure you uh, stop by and um, partake at the track. Uh, and we'll, uh, we'll look forward to doing this. We're saying this is weekly. It's going to be weekly. What I'm saying is you may see a week where a second show pops up. It depends on the situation and the opportunities I have to interview somebody. Um, this is an episodic show. Again, we're not doing it for radio. It's strictly a podcast. Uh, the more you guys share this, the more super modified people will see it. 
So you all have fans and you all have, uh, you know, all have family and friends who are fans. So make sure you all share this when it drops. Um, and right now we're going to plan to drop it on Fridays. If I can get it out sooner, I will. Um, Camden Proud, uh, what should we know about Oswego Speedway's opener before we sign off here for this first show? Yeah, real quick, uh, the Jim Champagne uh, Memorial Twin 50s are coming back for just a second time, inaugural event last year, first time ever that we did uh, Twin 50s, and uh, it brought a first-time winner in Chris Purley. It brings a wild format. Uh, we can guarantee the, the guys who are in the front at the end of the first twin are going to be in the back in the second twin, so it uh, provides great racing, very competitive, big fields. Um, on top of the Supers, we got the, the small block class, uh, another big show for them, the Tony White Memorial, uh, one of their biggest events of the season. And also our new 350 Super class will be uh, competing in their inaugural event, which will be a 35-lap extra distance special for them. Uh, I think we're going to have a lot of cars. Uh, I hope the weather is great. If it finally ever stops raining up here and uh, we get to get some racing in, but it's going to be a fun show. We've had the same problems down here. Well, we we certainly hope for all of that. And oh, by the way, for those of you who are participants or fans of the SBS division and the small block supers or 350 supers, um, Yes, we're going to cover cover you guys, too. Uh, we're going to have the winners, each of the three winter views, um, each week here on the show from Oswego the week before, so you'll get to hear them. And we'll spread our guests out so that we get guests from all the divisions as we go through the season. Bear with us, because obviously this is a new venture for Camden and I. And... Um, Again, we're saying it's an hour, but we've already been a few minutes overtime on this show. Uh, we want to do as much as we can and fit in as much as we can. Camden, we look forward to Oswego's opener and uh, look forward to next week and doing this all again. I can't wait. It's been a blast already. Yes, Inside Groove officially back, and we're excited about it. Thanks to IPC Indy, Jeff West and his group. Um, visit them at IPCIndy.com. And, of course, Skip's Fish Fry as well, Sean Cathcart, and, uh, and his staff do an excellent job. We look forward to next week's Inside Groove. Again, like it up, share it up, because that's what's going to build our audience, folks, and our audience is important. Until uh, next week, for Camden Proud, I'm Tom Baker. And have a great weekend. God bless. You've been listening to Inside Groove, powered by IPC Indy, creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Find them on the web at www.ipcindy.com. Inside Groove is a Race Chaser Media production. For more exciting and passionate motorsport content, follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and visit racechasermedia.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners of Race Chaser Media. No part of this show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of Race Chaser Media. Thank you for listening.